Ed, did you enjoy the Burnley game? Uh, yeah, I especially enjoyed the cult of Mourinho. No, and we're there. Are we, are we allowed to talk about this? <laughs> um, it, it, uh, it's, you know, last week uh, we made an analogy to Donald Trump. We've done that a few times. We got the wrong dictator. Uh, it's Kim Jong-un, <laughs> Mr. Banter himself. Top Bant's Kim Jong, my favourite murderous dictator by miles, if you have to pick a favourite murderous dictator. I mean, no, this is the Carlton Mourinho. I'm surprised he hasn't got us walking in straight lines, waving our red flags, going, it's all the media's fault, isn't it? And Ed Woodward. <laughs> uh, I'm against plain banners. I'm definitely, I'm... I'm 100% not in favour of playing banners in almost any circumstance other than triumphalism. I'm talking of North Korean rallies. But uh, it was very funny. It was, it was much better than um, wrong one, Moise out. Yeah. The yeah. Oh, no, no. Let, 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 let's look. There's loads of nuance, nuance in this. I, I, my, with the plain banner, I do... I, there's just a little bit of like I want to hide behind a sofa in my hands because it's a yeah. bit cringy, yeah. um, but this was quite funny and the 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 line was good and it got lots of press coverage and you know their stated goal is to change the narrative around the press coverage. A little odd because I'd like the stated goal to be kicking the glazers out of the club, but you know, <laughs> hey, one step at a time, I suppose. Um, and so that that's fine. But look. As we've talked about uh, all along, there's a triumvirate, uh, you know, of players uh, in in United's uh, relative failure at the moment. The Glazers for their particular brand of economics, Ed Woodward for being a <laughs> banker. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> so, sorry, it's too already. Like, I can't yes. help it. I can't just call him a banker um, in charge of a football club who thinks he knows more about football than a two-time European Cup winner. And Jose Mourinho, who has, you know, I have to say, the one thing this whole situation has done is actually cheered him up a bit. You know, he's clearly playing for the crowds at the moment, but um, who's like a miserable bastard who's been getting his team to play like miserable bastards and it doesn't look like that's going to change, except for at the weekend. What Ed Woodward doesn't understand is it's not his job to act like he knows more than a multiple-time Champions League winner. He should be leaving that to the podcasters. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's... <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the difference being, of course, that we're just spouting shit on a podcast and opinion, as I said, of fans, and we're not running a £500 million business uh, <laughs> spending £50 million on trophy players. I mean, I would argue you didn't need to explain the joke. You know, the, the, joke, <laughs> speak, the joke speaks for itself. But, I wouldn't um, explain the joke. I just... No, I know. Um, the uh, the reason that I mentioned the, the fans are shouting Louis van Gaal's every week, the fans are shouting Louis van Gaal's army, is that Jose Mourinho needs to realise that uh, one thing that Man United fans really like is acting like they like the manager. <laughs> like, Moy's got his name sung almost all the way to the end. Um, Van Hal certainly did. Um, and Mourinho is always going to be the kind of manager who stirs up the You passions. cynic. You cynic, Paul. You know, they're not acting like they, they love they love their manager and their club. 
uh, they, you know, we love our Nanjing, our club. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a deep shame that Moyes is not still in charge because we'd be still still singing his name. Well, Ed, right? was that not was that your Mark Goldbridge moment there when you <laughs> yeah. said we? When you had to correct it to we. <laughs> Have you seen that where he nearly yeah, says he's a Forest just, fan? Just don't. <laughs> it's extraordinary. Anyway, um, the uh, just, to, just to clarify, if that was a joke, Ed. Is actual lifelong Man United fan. Um, oh, for for a minute, then I thought you were going to clarify that I'm actually not Mark Garbridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the 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 thing about that, the, to to kind of the cynical point aside, I actually think it's a really admirable trait. To be honest, in in many ways, it's one of the things that's quite nice about United fans. But it does cause a bit of a problem in that. Uh, managers end up believing they have more support than they have. That definitely happened to Van Hal. You know, the 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 fans are shelled doing every week. It was entirely about that. And I'm almost certain we said on the podcast at the time, you need to understand that there's a difference between that and people being happy with the football. Now, um, I do think Mourinho has played an absolute blinder, though. Like, it's pretty route one, but the, all the stuff about... Because the only people, the only thing that United fans hate more than their manager being inadequate is Ed Woodward and the media. And Mourinho sort of set himself up in opposition to those two things. And actually we played some really nice football against Burnley. And that was, I think absolutely key to why this kind of little resurgence, because if we'd lost that game or whatever, I don't think that would have happened in the same way. No, no, yeah, absolutely. Right. Mourinho's strategy is entirely built on, winning games because he, he can do the other thing of course you know lose games and then point at Ed Woodward and say the failures or Woodward's but then Woodward's in a completely dominant position where he just you know has good good reason to fire Mourinho it, yeah. it, it does say something about the club though that uh you know we have a whole bunch of actors pitted against each other now because you know there's a whole set of supporters who don't like what Mourinho stands for or the type of football his team plays and can also realise, back to this point about nuance, that uh, he wasn't exactly dealt a fair hand this season, but he has had plenty of resources thrown at the team during his time in charge. You know, he got a 50 million, he came second last season, got a 50 million pound new midfielder and a couple of weeks ago lost to a team that had spent nothing in the transfer window. So, you know, I'm not fully on board with Mourinho's narrative here. So, um, you know, and the only thing that keeps it going in his favour is winning games. Uh, you know, United lose against Watford. Um, you forget, forget the plain baron, banners. It's all about Mourinho again. It's interesting because the the one thing I was pretty sure about this season was there was that there would be some sort of civil war among United fans. That was that it felt like the groundwork for that was really laid because he's because you have the almost the perfect amount of fuel on both sides really to make make both both people's arguments make sense you know i'm like like i've said for two weeks in a row now i'm not Mourinho out i I don't think jose Mourinho should be sacked as manager of man united right now but i am looking forward to him not being united manager anymore i think perfectly possible to hold those two positions but i can you know there will be inflamed passions on both sides of this argument and frankly um sunday was a great day for the Mourinho in crowd for multiple reasons because that is the most fun version of jose it's the version of jose we need defiant angry and united with the supporters against the world like that that's the best chance united have of success under Mourinho. 
Yeah, but it's not going to last very long. It's, it's not going to be last last very long because he's not about being united and with a small U. You know, he's he's about division uh, and power plays, and that's how he does his management. He has throughout his whole career. So it's not he's not going to remain like that for very long. Uh, he's not suddenly become a new manager in which this is all about the collective, and uh, he hasn't been that since he got sacked by Chelsea the first time. Or maybe at Inter, maybe, you know, until he fell out with a couple of key players and certainly wasn't that way at Real Madrid and certainly wasn't that way at Chelsea in the second spell. Although he still managed to have many Chelsea fans wrapped around his finger, even as the whole squad basically went on strike on the pitch and they lost seven times before Christmas. There's still plenty of Chelsea fans singing his name as well. Yeah, it's it's been funny to watch Chelsea fans, like nice, smart Chelsea fans, like watching what's playing out now and just being like, yeah, you are all spun in Jose Mourinho's web because this is the thing that he does. Um, and we've once again, last week we did well. Last week uh, we spent the large part, the first part of the show talking about the football before we uh, talked about the, the off-pitch distractions. I mean, I, I can't tell a lie, I thoroughly enjoyed Mourinho walking in front of that crowd that was all chanting his name, giving him his coat. Like, um, I, every bit of that was thoroughly enjoyable and entertaining. It was great theatre. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know. So, I, you know, I, I was away at the weekend, so didn't get to watch the game live. I've only seen the highlights. I, I saw the highlights, the highlight being... Mourinho playing it up to the crowd um, and a couple of Romelu Lukaku goals. Uh, so give, give us the play-by-play on the game then. Um, how did United do it? Well, um, United played a, a pretty straightforward 4-3-3 um, with Sanchez and Lingard on either side of Lukaku and both of them obviously switching position and playing alongside him with the other one dropping deeper. All, all the, you know, that's a front three that should work in theory, isn't it? And it, and it worked in practice in, in this game. Um, Pogba, Fellaini and Matic behind him. Uh, Pogba with another, just a weird game. Just doesn't look like he wants to be there. And yet he also looks like he's by far the best player in the team. So he, he did, a, he, there was a bit of both about Pogba against Burnley, I thought. Um, a player who had an excellent game inarguably excellent game. The data backs this up as well. I remember thinking it while watching it and then looking at the numbers afterwards and being like, yep. And that was Marouane Fellaini. This is, you know, this is the, I don't know what it is, three in 10 games where Marouane Fellaini looks like a really competent footballer. And actually he was... He was a really important part of the puzzle, both in terms of defence and attack in this game, which is a, a strange thing to say about Marouane Fellaini, but we all know this happens from time to time. Uh, and no one in the back four made a calamitous error at any point during the game. So well done to them. That is This is a central de- defensive partnership of Smalling and Lindelof. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so nobody made a terrible error. Well done. Um, uh, the goals were really nicely created. So Alexis Sanchez, who a player I've been extremely critical of, um, was, I thought, much, much better in this game. Only made it to like the 60th minute, I think, before being substituted, which was slightly surprising. He looked really fed up by that, actually. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, he his assist for Lukaku's first, I think, is absolutely beautiful. Um, just a really perfectly weighted cross and uh, well well taken by Lukaku. Uh, the other, the second goal was brilliant work from Luke Shaw, and then a sort of uh, what Ron Atkinson, a man I'm very reluctant to quote, used to call bagatelle football, where the ball was kind of bouncing around, but Lukaku was really sharp. Uh, Lukaku should have had more. He he um, he had big chances in the second half. Um, one where he was probably fouled. Um, but could probably have done better anyway. He sort of, um, he did a step over and then knocked the ball round Joe Hart, but he just knocked it too far out of his feet and was then fouled, knocked over. Uh, Rashford came on for Sanchez and he got sent off um, after... I saw that, yeah. Interesting one, that one. Yeah, I mean, was he any more, you know, guilty than Phil Bardsley? Well, no, Phil Bardsley was more guilty than him. But the referee didn't see that because the ref booked Bardsley for his reaction after Rashford had started going head to head, apparently, rather than for the, the challenge and the kick where Bardsley took Rashford out and then kicked him afterwards. Right. And Rashford, what Rashford did was he went in expecting Bardsley to give him the head to head, you know, where they rut each other like weird stags. Um <laughs> it's a mating ritual, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's what footballers do. Um, but Bardsley cleverly didn't play the game. So um, Rashford's head went down towards Bardsley's head with no kind of... I mean, it wasn't particularly forceful, but I think pretty sure that's a sending off in terms of aggressive or violent behaviour or whatever. The, you know, it's violent conduct, I'm sure, even if it, it certainly wouldn't have hurt Bardsley. But Bardsley, to his credit, didn't credit's the weird word at least Bardsley didn't roll around and go oh my god I'm dead I'm dead yeah yeah and a couple of minutes before that Pogba missed a penalty is he off penalties now who knows? No, well, this is the fans are not shouting Louis van Gaal's army anymore, so maybe that's not the rules anymore. Do you remember that the Louis van Gaal Q system where yeah. you run pens <laughs> until you miss one? Um, I mean, he scored a penalty with that run up, but Joe Hart was having absolutely none of it. There was like no way he was going to move early, so Pogba was going to have to hit it perfect, which he did not do. We, we don't want to be giving any credit to Joe Hart now. No, come, on, come on, come on. Well, United completely dominant in terms of the, the data in this game. 21 shots, That's uh, that's got to be a high for some time, I think. Nine on target, that's definitely a high for some time. Yeah. Uh, United do not get nine shots on target very often. Uh, 2.88 in the uh, in the XG, totally dominant in terms of possession. And that, that 2.88 is 2.88, including the penalty. So including. even without even without the penalty, we're up over to XG, which is... Just means we created a load of good chances, and Burnley absolutely didn't, did they? No, no. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess uh, now we can dismiss it after United have won uh, as uh, part of the pattern that Burnley are in because they're, they're having a bit of a stinker of a season so far. Mm. Um, but you know, in the in the wider context, uh, see the whole and you see the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Burnley uh, have been over the last year or so quite good at home, so this is a good win. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. The substitutions are interesting. Herrera came on and seemed to be playing up front alongside Lukaku at one point, which was slightly strange. That was after the after the sending off. Um, and then Eric Bailly talking about, um, well, I don't know, talk about see the hole and you see the truth. He was brought back into the fold, but after For the 90th, yeah, after the 90th minute, which is uh, both a compliment and an insult at the same time, I guess. Uh, Lukaku's performance was interesting. I, I mean, I've, 
he could have put the game out of sight. There's no, there's no question he could have put the game out of sight. And arguably, I think he probably should have done. But, you know, it, two goals and we won 2-0. And you can't complain about that unless you're crazy. No, right. Two goals, uh, difficult ground to win at or has been uh, over the last year or so. Uh, good performance. Data looks good. Fans are happy. Uh, Colton Mourinho goes strong. Jose's happy. Going to the international break. We lose four players to injury. Jose can go miserable again and get spanked at Watford. That's the narrative, right? Something like that. Mourinho um, was asked about the playing banner, obviously, um, and said, I don't look up in the sky during games, which I, I just enjoyed. I just, don't know why, but I enjoyed that. Um, and he said, but this victory is for Edward Wood. Edward Wood has won 2-0 today. It's like, mm, do, you, do you really believe that? Or what do you think that you've you've somehow won 2-0 in spite of him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's just been cute, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And it was indeed cute. Um, he, he had a cute day. He just all round, Juan Mata, not in the squad at all, made up for it by going in the away end and having his name sung to him. With Anders lot. Lindegaard. Anders Lindegaard? Yeah. Oh, I, didn't, I did not see that old Anders was back. I'm surprised they didn't put him on the bench for old time's sake. But is, of course, isn't he at Burnley? I don't know. I've lost, I've lost focus on his career. Maybe he's not. Anders, I don't know where he is. Burnley have got an awful lot of goalkeepers, though. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I maybe be not. Surprised. Um, right, yeah. Uh, well, Massa's been a bit of trouble, isn't he? Not, not in the squad. Uh, no, not in the squad at all. Was Anti Martial in the squad? I think he might have been in the squad. Don't but... remember. Uh, he, did, Anders... he didn't get any time on the pitch. Anders Lindegaard does play for Burnley, so he was in the away end. <laughs> that is a bit dodgy, isn't it? He literally plays for Burnley. I don't think he. I think he's just picking up a check. He's not going to play this season, is he? He's going to be fourth choice there. Um, the the Burnley fans were singing England's number one to Joe Hart. I'm like, he's not even England's number one. He's England's number three out of the goalkeepers at your club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, oh, poor Joe Hart. No, not mm. poor Joe Hart. Poor Burnley. Why? Why? So strange. They just didn't want to give Anders a game, did they? No. It's nice to see Lee Grant trying to cheer Alexis Sanchez up. Two players have had a similar career trajectory. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I mean, Alexis got a, 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 a an assist. Yeah, really good one too. In his hour on the pitch. And he didn't play badly at all, which I think is the first time we can say that about him this season. Well, yeah, he had a good pre-season. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> That's about it. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe Alexis is suddenly back. And maybe so. And, you know, the, the, it would make sense in a way if because he played terribly in that opening game but then was injured after that. So maybe maybe that's why he played terribly in that opening game and he'll be back at full fitness. I, I remain suspicious but eager to be proved otherwise. So I think that's everything we can say about that Burnley game. And um, we've not got a preview this week because we're going to do a show during the international break when we'll preview the Watford game. But probably worth saying a trip to Watford, no joke at the moment. Uh, The team that just beat us 3-0 just got beaten by them at the weekend, remarkably. Yeah, uh, Watford uh, playing well at the moment. Uh, New manager, new approach, getting results. Um, it's not like they went out and spent tons and tons of um, 
tons and tons of money in the transfer market. Uh, good solid midfield, play scoring goals up front. A uh, bit lucky the other week with um, Epue, who didn't get sent off for a, you know, <laughs> an absolute leg breaker. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a tough game. I, mean, I guess we'll do a, a better preview than this one in next week's pod. We're doing pod next week. We're doing a pod yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll be a bit closer to time and we'll work out how many of United's squad are injured in the international break. It was weird seeing international break Instagram posts, seeing Jesse Lingard all happy to be back with the England team and Pogba going and looking really happy to be away from Man United. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm, uh, my focus post-World Cup has gone off England. Who are England playing? No idea. <laughs> No, absolutely no idea. My affair with them was brief. Uh, it was delightful, but it, it ended and it will be reconvened in the summer of 2020 because the international football is only good in the summer. It's wonderful in the summer. International tournaments are the best. International breaks are the worst. Hispano, we say this every year. I know everyone says this every year, but this international break sucks so bad because you're just getting into it. Like the first couple of weeks of the Premier League, you're almost not quite ready for it to be back yet, particularly on the back of a World Cup. So it's almost a bit like, okay, yeah, football's back, football's back. But by the fourth week, you're like, yes, football's back. I love football. Let's watch some football. And then they take it away from you. Yeah, notable for Luke Shaw being in the England squad. Yeah, earned it. News. Earned it with a very good start to the season for him. Uh, yeah. Gareth Southgate uh, commented on how fit he looks. Uh, <laughs> kind of underhanded compliment, I thought. Um uh, England playing Spain at Wembley Stadium in the UEFA Nations League League A Group Four. Do I have to learn what this is? Yeah, you do. So basically, it's a you know uh, a it's basically a league system. So the idea is that it's more competitive than a whole bunch of friendlies. If if you have uh, this you know multi month or maybe even multi year league system where you can win something at the end of it. And does it relate directly to international tournaments? No. Okay, <laughs> right. So it's fancy friend. It's the International Champions Cup, but actually internationals. Yeah, yeah. And then England are playing, uh, that's a Wembley, by the okay. way, against Spain. And then England playing Switzerland in the Kick It Out International. Uh, I don't think that's an international league okay. um, at the King Power Stadium in Leicester. I'm guessing that uh, if kick it out, I support this one, Jamie Vardy is not coming out of retirement. <laughs> has he retired from international football? He has, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Maybe for this reason, because he was like, oh, there's a game at my home stadium and uh, it's <laughs> sponsored by the uh, anti-racist campaign. Um, so, yeah, good luck to England. Who cares? I really, who cares? Like, wake me up. Wake me up in just under two years. Um so uh, United interest all over the place. Oh, I wanted to mention, this is not anything to do with United, but I was so happy that South Korea won the Asia Games because this was literally Son Hun Min's last chance. Draft and he'd have, had, he'd have had two years of military service. He, he should be representing his country with a, an AK-47, taking I mean, on you know, nobody should, Kim Jong. Nobody, nobody should be doing that. No. That's no. People should be representing their country at football. It's much nicer <laughs> and better. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so, give yeah. us a background on this one. He's he's out of military service because they won the Asian. Yes. Cup. So every man under the age of I think it's twenty eight 
in South Korea has to do military service for two years by the time they turn 28. Um, and for footballers, that generally means playing for the army team. Um, so Son Hun Min would legitimately have had to pretty much next season leave Spurs to go and do his military service. But you get an exemption for exceptional sporting achievement. And there are a bunch of those which I think are officially officially, officially recognised. So if you win the World Cup, obviously, if you win the Olympics or something like that, medal in the Olympics, maybe. Um, all the South Korea team that did so well in 2002 were let off their military service. Um, and but yeah, so in winning the Asia Games, that whole team get their exemptions. Can you imagine how happy you'd be? Not only if you won something for your country, but also you don't have to go and play, leave Spurs to go and play for the army team for two years. <laughs> All right, well, well done, Son. Yeah, uh, that means we can be linked with him in the summer. That's a that's a tenuous United link for you. Should we um, should we take some listening questions? Yeah, sure. So, friend of the pod, Liz Moore, at Liz Worsley on Twitter, says, is the apocalypse finally coming? Are Liverpool going to win the league this season? No. Man City are going to win the league. Looking I mean, worryingly good, though, aren't they, Liverpool? Don't like yeah. this. It's not good. It's not, it's not right. They'll be tired or whatever. Something will happen. Oh, man, imagine... Oh, no... I mean, listen, at some point in our lifetime, Liverpool are probably going to win the league again. We didn't die when they won it last time. A lot of our listeners definitely don't remember that, but it was bad and you didn't like it, but you won't die. I don't know. I don't know. It might be close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could happen. They are good and he's a good manager and their squad is really good and they play nice football. No, they've got right, really let's stop good... here. Uh, depressing me. Tara Kamiya at LaForce number 12, friend of the show, says, given Ed Woodward once called Wayne Rooney Wazza, who else in the United squad do you think he addresses using their nickname? He's been increasingly going into the dressing room after the game and letting it be known he's been in the dressing room. Why doesn't he just appoint himself manager? I think he calls them in poggers. All right, poggers. Poggers. <laughs> um... Young Lings. He did, yeah, he definitely, he definitely, definitely calls Jesse Lingard J-Lings, 100%. Do you think he dabs after he does it? Yeah, yeah. You don't think that Ed Woodward would be dabbing AOTS if uh, United won the league? He'd be, he'd be, in the, he'd be like Macron. Edward was a bit like Macron in a way, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, a sort he's a bit, of, yeah. Like, I, I, I wonder, uh, both bankers, of course. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I wonder if uh, Woodward is playing Fortnite just to get the latest dances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Um, there's a bit of a dearth of good nicknames in you know. There's no, there's nothing to rival the definitiveness of Wazza, is there? Like everybody called him Wazza. I don't, do people? Do you think people go up to Jesse Lingard and call him Jay Lings in real no, life? I don't think so. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. No. Uh, footballers are not imaginative with their nicknames. You know, no. they're either like it's an Azza of some kind, or it's mainly it's like. They add an e or o, o or an Y on the end to the actual and, name. Yeah, the, the pinnacle weird example of this is every fan ever calls him Kino and every player that ever played with him calls him Keeney. So he was he was an O to all of us, but an E to them. It's very confusing. Are we going to win three trophies or four trophies now this season, says Sean Fields, 1995. <laughs> I think he's dead serious in this question. What, what, are, you, what are you talking? There's no laughing matter. 
We've got the best away fans trophy locked up for the 400th consecutive season. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> that that trophy now is just going to be a crumpled up football manager's jacket on a on a plinth. <laughs> I, I think um, rather difficult to win four trophies, given that City are winning the league and we are not winning the European Cup. Uh, I think we are going to win between naught and one trophies. Ambitious. I mean, ambition-wise, I would. My ambition would be we'll win four trophies. To be clear, how many trophies do you think we're going to win? Fifteen at Mini Iron Greek, <laughs> including the under twenty threes, the under eighteens, the under nines, the women's team, the kick it out trophy, the the, the most supporters on Twitter trophy, the best cult trophy. <laughs> That mini Iron Greek says, uh, why do the majority of United's fan base eat up Jose's suddenly pro-fan rhetoric after it being non-existent for the previous two and a half years? <laughs> I like that question a lot. And it is a question that a lot of people should be asking themselves. And of course, there are genuinely United fans who always wanted Mourinho in the post-Ferguson era, who are happy that he's here, who like his shtick. And that's that's completely fine. But yes, very it's very interesting that Mourinho struggling, looking around, flailing around to try and find an ally, ally has suddenly gone, ah, I know. <laughs> These lot will probably buy it if I shout at the media a bit. Hey, it works everywhere, yeah, as we've seen in the last uh, couple of years or so. At Early Joe says, assuming Tony V plays every game he's fit, He's uh, the captain. How damaging could it be to United's right flank output? He says some other stuff, but I think that's uh, that's a good summary. Could be, couldn't it? By the way, did you watch um, uh, Diogo Dalot play in the under-23s game? Looked pretty tasty. It was well, an under-23s game. It'd be super, I'd be super excited if we had a new regular right-back um, because I think if Tony V plays every game that he's fit, it will substantially negatively impact United's right flank output as it has done consistently for the last however many blooming years it is since he won that award. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, look, it's hard to tell from an hour's uh, hour in the other 23s, but Dalot looks very, very quick, very, very confident taking players on. And he's getting crosses in, you know? I mean... I just hate to be root one cynical, but the first time he makes a mistake, this is going to be right. Well, you go and sit with in Luke Shaw's old seat in the cellar, and Tony V's yeah, going to be yeah, the team. No, for that's like right. Six I think some people um, suggest that Mourinho is anti youth, and I think that's not quite the right analysis. I think what he is is he's completely neutral. It doesn't matter whether you're 35 or 20, he expects exactly the same from you. Yeah. Which, you know, in real in, in real terms could basically play out as anti-youth because he doesn't give them any more chance than, you know, a 15-year veteran in the game. I mean the uh, the other thing that I think is genuinely potentially a thing is that Delot's Portuguese. And Mourinho has consistently been much more positive about Portuguese youngsters than other play- people from other places, which is, you know... So maybe maybe that gives him some sort of chance because he wants to build a relationship with him so that he can win the World Cup with him in t- 10 years or something. Hmm. 
At 263MJ says, is the Burnley win enough to appease the Mourinho out contingent or has he simply not done enough for the club to be out of the woods yet? Uh, depends whether you're uh, the contingent on Twitter or uh, in the away end, right? Are we going from game to game at this point? Like, what are we doing? What's, well, Mourinho goes like, from game to game. It's is like, it like, oh, if, players, if we win? personnel, tactics, relationship with the media and the fans. <laughs> if, we, if we win, then we're Mourinho in and if we lose, then we're Mourinho out. Surely there has to be more to it than that. Surely it has to be a little bit more underlying beliefs. Because the, the the thing about that game, because game to game, nothing's going to change my underlying beliefs about what's going on now. It's going to take trends and patterns. If he somehow continues the trend of playing some good football in front of a really engaged crowd and working with that crowd and working with the players and generating a, uh, if not positive, then at least defiant atmosphere around the club, then great. But this is this one game doesn't change anything. And anyone who's like rampantly Mourinho out right now, I feel like is, <laughs> what's the point? Fine, yeah, we'll replace him with someone else and hope for the best. You know, that, 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 it doesn't feel like that the time is right for that. Why not just let this season play out as the way it's going to play out? Start planning for the future because the future doesn't involve Mourinho. The future was beyond three years was never going to involve Mourinho. No, no, that's right. I mean, uh, I think that uh, the fact that uh, Woodward has indicated that the club is going to appoint a director of football uh, means that they will probably shake up the management and the intermediary uh you know, all at the same time. So, you know, I'd, I'd be really surprised if Mourinho stays beyond this summer. I know he's got a contract and he has a habit of sticking it out no matter how bad it is to ensure he gets his payoff. Um, so we'll see. It's going to take some reproachment between parties for that to uh, that to resolve itself, you know. Uh, or maybe the fact that um, Woodward is briefing that there's lots of money to be spent in uh, January will uh, appease the manager. Hmm. Uh, we'll see. He's gonna have to. If um, he's gonna have moving to buy on. Some, he's gonna have to buy some new suit jackets if if he's gonna be a piece because he'd be giving them away every other week at this stage. Expensive. I hope he's paying for that a club jacket. Was it? Oh, uh, good question. That's here. And Coyle says, uh, "Is Lukaku the best worst striker ever? He misses <laughs> an awful lot of uh, for a guy who's gonna score thirty goals this season. He misses a lot of chances, doesn't he? Maybe they all do." Imagine if, like, Jose Mourinho wakes up this morning to a memo from Ed Woodward that's like, um, I noticed that you gave your jacket away. Well, that is a club jacket, and uh, you will now have to be docked some of your wages for that. Um, uh, the Lukaku thing, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's just mostly good, and he, he's got some limitations. But the best worst striker ever is late-period Wayne Rooney. This is this, obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously the truth. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's doing all right in the XG table. Romelu is after four games, so we can't read a lot into that. Um, yeah, Lukaku's problem is likely to be spectacularly underperforming against XG. <laughs> that's that's the problem he's having at the moment. Uh, friend of the show at Stephen Simon says, "Can three five two work for us if Delos is any good?" Uh, with uh, Three five two, Delot and Shaw could be, you know, quite good. He says. Remember when we were good? We used to be really good, eh? 
<laughs> it was nice when we were good. The one thing that I would say about 3-5-2 is it involves getting one more central defender on the pitch in favour of one more attacker. And I think man for man, our attackers are much better than our central defender side. So rather have more than, of them than more of yeah. the other. Although, you know, basically every time Mourinho is feeling a lack of confidence in his defence, he, he switches to 3-5-2 or 5-3-2 or... In the case, sometimes it's sort of five. That was only one. Five, <laughs> zero, one. Um, so, yeah, oh, there's 12 players on the pitch there. If he could do it, he would. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's typically pretty defensive. And the last time he had a chance to do that, he played uh, a midfielder at the back who managed to give away a goal. Yeah, but that was not as many goals as the central defenders gave away. So That's you know. a very good, very good point. Good defence. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, strongly made there. At Zamo2049, your favourite Simon Zambelli says, I feel sick that so many United fans have been suckered into this turbulent, narcissistic universe. They're all treating him like he's won five Champions Leagues. I won't repeat the next bit. Uh, Do they not know who he is? Belendus Uh, Maximus, he tags it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, listen... uh... It's really easy to suck a United fans in. Like we love it. We love to be suckered in. That's that's part of our identity. Is we will, you know, we'll back, we'll back. I don't know if I've mentioned this or not, but every week the fans are shouting Louis von Hall's army. <laughs> it's just what we do. Yeah, this was uh, just that. What, by are, the what way. are your thoughts? We, we've mixed and matched some of our, our topics here. Uh, I could have planned this out better. Uh, we, we're a pro <laughs> pro podcast, honest. Why, um, why would you start planning this? Uh, out? We've been doing this for nine years, and you're going to start planning it out better now. No, at VJ score Rajan one uh, VJ Rajan. Says, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, AVFTT underscore 1878 account? This is the uh, voice from the terrace who appeared to be behind the banner, plain banner. Oh. Uh, is there anything the fans can do to get rid of Ed Woodward and the Glazers? Do they occasionally accidentally tweet in Portuguese <laughs> to know. reveal their real identity? I know, I know. Did uh, did Jose write the check? Uh, it would prove he had a sense of humour. Um, no, I think um, there have been some, uh, let's say, self important uh, commentary on Twitter about this one. So I, I'm pretty sure it's not Jose. Um, this oh, is yeah, a, a group would, of fans. Never... I, I found the statement a little bit strange. I have to say, I, I kind of, it's sort of mix and match stuff. So the stated goal is apparently to change the media narrative. So they want to change it away from being around the crisis of Mourinho to being the crisis of Ed Woodward's making. I kind of don't understand why, because the, Ultimate problem is the Glazer family and their ownership and stewardship of Manchester United. They've appointed a stooge in Ed Woodward to run it for them in the way that they are happy with, that maximises their profit, you know, given the balance of investment they might need to ensure that United's business model of Champions League football continues and, you know, sponsors and paying their dues with that Champions League football. So... Woodward goes. It's just some other bean counter in place. So, mm. uh, I think the 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 aim is in the wrong place, and the the sort of bête noire of the media is is kind of wrongly sort of sought out too. But you know, hey, it's fine. We we spoke about it before. It's it was a funny banner. Um, I just don't think it's likely to be very effective. We'll see where this campaign goes from here. Whether it grows or 
dies to death. Do we know where it's come from? Like, do we know where, where you know, these people that are associated with fanzines, are they online-type supporters? Are they are they regular match go- Not that I'm saying one's better than the other, I'm just asking out of interest. I, I No, I don't know. There's a few people who are... Um... A few people who may have been involved in some fanzines who've seemed to be tweeting about it a lot, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I'm sure some people on Twitter know, but I haven't dug into it enough. I can't. Yeah. I can't. We'll, believe- we'll see. Look, I think um, if if this is the start of a campaign to um, uh, highlight that the Glazer family's ownership of Manchester United has been extremely damaging, and the ultimate damage is shown out on the pitch i think that's fine if this is a cult of Mourinho, let's point somewhere else the ed woodward campaign then i think it's kind of barking up the wrong tree to be honest i can't believe you said it's definitely not Mourinho that's running it because it's self-important <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that is that does not rule out jose Mourinho for sure the, very the, true the, the thing that you said about the cult of Mourinho. Even just the cult of personality around Woodward is nonsense. Like, Woodward is a symptom. He's not the problem. No, that's right. I think that's, yeah, it's much more eloquently put than my rambling. But, yeah, that's exactly (laughs) right. That's exactly why I feel a little bit uneasy about this. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. That that banner was funny and the choice of wording was funny. Um, But I'm not sure... Other than you could say this summer, for the first time since the first Moyes summer, when you know when United were calamitous and and Woodward was getting his feet under the table, every summer since he has enormously backed the manager in the transfer market, and you know he's done he's done some slimy things like the way he sacked Moyes and the way he sacked Van Hal. From all the media reports, both seem to be pretty sort of weaselly, basically. Um, and all the stuff this summer was frustrating, uh, and I guess you can you can argue that United have been a real failure in his era. Um, but like Ed said, this is the the pro- if Woodward goes, it's not like Eric Cantona's getting his job. Well, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yeah, it would. But do you know what I mean? It's not if Woodward goes, it's not going to turn United into FC, is it? No, no, it's not. It's not. Um, The only thing that turns United into FC is for the Glazers to sell to a consortium of fans. Yeah. Seems unlikely at the current share price. That would be, uh, given the premium, about a $5 billion transaction. (laughs) Yeah. You want to spare $5 billion? No, any multi-billionaires? None. None. You you know loads more multi-billionaires than me, Ed. I, on the other hand, do know some, yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't think, knowing said billionaires, that they are likely to be investing in United. <laughs> Damn it. All right. That's Is it that on it? the question front. That's, that's it on the show. It's a short one this week. I mean, we could talk some more. Nah. You know United were good. United were good. It was really fun. The Burnley game was really fun and I nearly didn't watch it um, because it wasn't on TV in the UK and I did not get a ticket um, or try to get a ticket. Um, But uh, but I was very glad that I ended up 
watching it um, because it was very entertaining and United, the, the, the all the kind of things that I'd hoped were true about the Tottenham game, actually the team actually looked pretty coherent in that first half they were really good and they were sort of let down by defensive errors, all turned out to be sort of true because the team looked united and together and m- marvellous. Right, good to see. A uh, quick, quick update on the, uh, the other teams because we said we would. Uh, United women haven't played since we last talked. Right. Um, uh, game uh, coming up at the weekend. Uh, United's under-18 team lost 3-1 at Middlesbrough. Boo. Oh. Boo. And United's under-23s beat Stoke 1-0 at home. Uh, beautiful Angel. 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 One of those three. Gomez Angel. Goal. Really nice goal. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, check it out. It'd be great for Angel Gomez to have another really good season this season because he's sort of not exactly gone off the boil, but not quite. Not quite broken through yet, but yeah. you know he's he's still a young chap, and yeah. uh, very you know, and uh, you know he's 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 got enough talent to make it, but that oh, yeah. alone um, is never quite enough uh, at United. But uh, Angel, I want to call him Angel, not yeah. Angel. But it's Angel. It's Angel. Yeah. Good luck to you. Very nice goal. And yeah. um, I, with that, I guess it's see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Patreon backers, stay tuned. Everyone else, we'll see you next Thank you for listening to another episode of the Rankcast. If you enjoyed the show, um, you can be thankful to the people who bring it to you. And that's those of you who choose to back us at patreon.com slash rankcast. Absolutely anything is super helpful to us, even if it's the minimum level of backing. If everyone backed us at the minimum level of backing, that would be... Um, absolutely amazing if you choose to you can back at um a higher level and get some goodies uh, five dollars a month plus vat gets you bonus content every week and this week we took a pretty in-depth look at some of the more unpleasant sides of manchester city's 10 years under their new owners um but uh what is the cost of that and, and what and don't you even have an obligation at some point to say, what are we doing here? What is all this for? Um, oh, yeah. No, I think there is an obligation. Obviously, look, we have red-tinted glasses on. Yes. And um, and so, you know, we we uh, it's quite easy for us to point out the flaws and it's quite easy to push back and say, whoa, you're just United fans, you know. But I think there is yeah. an obligation on City fans to question uh, the cost um, and, you know, the... Uh, the blood on their hands, if that's not too hyperbolic phrase about this, you know, because it's true, right? You know, this is, well, uh, it, it's it's deeply troubling where the money comes from and where what the own, owning family, the royal family, takes as their kind of attitude towards the world, uh, dissent, politics, human rights, employment, education... Uh, their neighbours and so on. So. But the other the the thing that I would say though, in almost in counter to that, is city fans are being exploited essentially for the benefit that the, the kind of almost like they are they are victims in all of this as well in terms of the kind of soft power of it all. You know, they're having the wool pulled over their eyes to an extent, or that you know their loyalty and their affinity.